Hey, good morning. I want to speak a blessing over your life. So wherever you are right now at this moment, I just want you just to stop what you're doing. You know, if you're making some cornflakes or some frosted flakes, just put all that stuff to the side for just a minute. And let's just lift up our hands. Just lift up your hands to the Lord because I want to speak a, a blessing over your life in the name of Jesus because it is his name that is greater than any other name. It is his name that is more. It is his name that offers peace. It is his name that offers offers hope. It is his name that offers breakthrough because that name is so much greater than any other name. His name offers re restoration. His name offers encouragement. His name offers joy. He is Elohim. He is El Shaddai. He's the first, the last, the beginning, the end, the Lamb of God. He is the Word. And so today I want to speak this Word over your life, this blessing over your life, over your house, over your household, over your children, over your relationships, over your finances, over your business, because I believe God wants to meet you right where you are today. Reach into your life, into your heart, into your situation, and remind you that he is more and that he is able. Good Lord, have mercy. I feel like preaching today, guys. Listen, today we're going to do something a little different. Is that all right? Everybody say different. Different. Say different with me at home. Different. Different is all okay. Different is cool. Listen, over the last several weeks, what we've tried to do is we've tried to package messages together that would build your faith, that would remind you that during these current cultural events, that your faith can cause you to rise above your situation. And so we've talked about how that faith looks and what the Bible says about faith. After all, what is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence not seen. And the Bible tells us that faith will enable you to go even when you don't know where to go. The Bible says that Abraham, he went and he didn't know where he was going. The Bible says that he went in faith even though he did not know where he was going. The Bible says Moses went to the Pharaoh in faith and said, let God's people go. The Bible says that David picked up five smooth stones and a slingshot and he took on a giant. And he said to Goliath, you come against me with the sword and the spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. The Bible tells us that even Peter steps out of a boat and begins to walk on water in faith. And in fact, I'm working on a message that I'm probably going to preach maybe next week when it comes to that story but faith faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence not seen and so over the last several weeks we've been trying to feed your faith and, and, and to, to enable you to overcome your fear but something else that I believe that you need to understand today is that faith is the foundation that we stand on when what we see looks so different than what we hoped for. Grab that. In fact, that message is something that you need to hold on to today. Faith is the foundation that we stand on when what we see looks so different than what we had hoped for. And the key here is that word different. The word different. You see, faith is not something that helps us during difficult times. Faith is something that helps us during different times. And today is a different time. We're going through something that we've never gone through. We're having to do church different. It's not canceled. It's just different. And so today I want to do a few things with you. I want to accomplish three things specifically with you. First, here's what I need you to understand. We're going to use our word today. And we're going to look at two narratives of scripture with the early church. Because the early church had to experience some very different things especially after Christ had ascended to heaven. And I mean, the church was beginning to grow and they were meeting in homes and there was persecution and there were different things that were happening. And we're going to look at a story that how God showed up and enabled them to grow and to flourish and to be prosperous during that different season. But really, I want to look at three things. First, uh, I want us to see that I don't want to highlight the different things that are happening in life right now, what I do want to highlight are the good things that are happening during these different times. Good news. Somebody say good news. Good news. Say it at home. Good news. Good news. One, that's number one. Number two, I want to remind you that even though we're not meeting traditionally as a church, 
that we as a church are more than just a Sunday morning video, just a Sunday morning behind the computer or on your mobile device or on your TV. We're, we're more than that. There are some things that are happening in Epicenter Church, through Epicenter Church, in your lives, in our lives, that we want to make you aware of. Things that, that have absolutely blessed people in our community. And under normal circumstances, we could celebrate those things together, but because we're not together, we're not able to do so. So I thought, let's do something different today so that we can, in a conversational style, just share with you some of those cool things that are happening. And then third, I want to talk to you about, about purpose, about his presence, and about his people. And we're going to do all of that together today, but here's what I want you to do first. I want you to take your Bibles out, and I want you to turn with me to two narratives. First is Philippians chapter 1, and then the other passage is uh, the book of Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. Now, let me say this. I'm going to start off our conversation by throwing to a video. It's going to be a three-minute clip, maybe a little less, where it's going to begin to provoke our conversation when it came to, or when it comes to, the different season that we may find ourselves in. And then we're going to come back and have some conversation around that. But I want you to take a look at this video and then stay in tune with us. Come on, watch this. Now let me show you something in verse 4. It says, in all of my prayers, everybody say prayers. Prayers are what are needed for the church to be successful. In all of my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Hmm. But it's something that he says in verse 5 that shows this incredible togetherness, this unity. He says, because of your partnership, everybody say partnership. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. We're going to talk more about that partnership. But what he's talking about is this incredible togetherness. Somebody say, together we can. Watch this. Verses 6 and 7, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Now, hold on just for a second. This is a verse that is quoted quite often, Donna, in church, that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. However, when you understand the context in which Paul is writing it under, now you have you have a better understanding of, of what that verse means because Paul is in prison in Rome writing to the church at Philippi and he's got chains around his feet, but yet he's saying he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Hold on a second. But then look what he says in, in verse 7. He says, it is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. Mm. Hold on a second. When you grab that, and he's, he's saying to the church at Philippi, he's reflecting upon the church at Philippi, but he's also showing great expectation for what is to come through the church at Philippi. But yet the people in Philippi are, 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 are asking the question, how? As they reflect upon all of this that's happening. They're wondering, how are we going to do this? Paul is in prison. He's in chains. How? How are we going to meet the expectations of Paul? How are we going to accomplish the goals that God has given us? How will we accomplish the mission that Paul has laid out for us? How? But Paul is trying to set the record straight. Paul is saying to them, even though I am in chains, I'm using the chains to advance the gospel. Even though I'm in chains, that he who began a good work in me will be faithful to complete it through you. Even though I'm in chains, you need to realize that the problem that's in my life only brings about the exposition if you will of who God is and his promise is so much greater than any problem that you may face because he's omnipotent he's omnipresent he will do all that I cannot do somebody ought to help me praise God because he's that good he'll bring you through somebody look at your neighbor and say he'll bring you through Whew, that was some preaching right there good heavens hey hey listen let's just talk about these few verses for just a minute because what is very unique when we read the book of Philippians the letter that Paul wrote to the church at Philippi knowing that he's in prison he writes this beautiful letter of joy that he's it, it seems like man he's on a cruise when he writes this but yet he's not he's awaiting 
He's awaiting death, but he's writing to this church who's experiencing extreme difficulty, extreme persecution. They're, they're, the guy that planted the church is in prison. He's probably going to die. That causes them fear. They don't understand. There's a lot of unknowns. How, why, when, where, what is, what's going to happen here? But then Paul writes the, you know, uh, this joyful letter, but then he says, but he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. I mean, let's, let's just talk for a minute about what life looks like for the church right now under our current cultural events and what we can take from Paul. Like, what can we take from that, that little clip? What can we take from Paul's words that might encourage us or encourage someone who's watching today? Anybody? I Laura. think my first thought is just that we are in the midst of God's good work in us. Like, that good work didn't stop six weeks ago when yeah. all of this stuff started happening. We're still in the midst of his good work. And he's still in the process of completing that in us in this time. Ah, uh, that's good. That's good. How, how does, okay, so we're at a stay home or in a stay home order um, that certainly some people are frustrated with, some people understand and really want it to continue on. But we do know that it's changed the dynamics of how we do life how we how we shop at the grocery store where we can go what we can do how we can even do church and so over the last several weeks we've had to do church differently so that we can still meet the needs of people in our community and we've had to do it in such a way that people understand it that that jesus is the answer we may be in a crisis but christ is the answer you, you may feel like you're you're shackled up at your house and can't go anywhere like paul was he was he was imprisoned he was in a house prison if you will but he had armed guards around him and if you were to continue to read the book of of, of philippians those those armed guards were giving their hearts to christ here's this dude living under this oppression uh, this persecution but yet he's still excited about who jesus christ is in his life it's amazing to me and and, and so you know i thought golly man what how does that look for us today i mean how does that look for us today anyone um i think for for us as christ followers it's all about the attitude and the perspective that we bring to uh, the situation, you know, if we're if we're always kind of going around complaining like, oh, gosh, I can't believe I have to stay inside or I have to miss out on these things. And, and I'm not saying that those things uh, aren't difficult or the unfortunate. Uh, we talked to our seniors. We got a bunch of seniors this year and they're all missing so many things and my heart breaks for them. But if if our attitude is just kind of woe is me. Um, you know, this is the worst thing ever. We're not really reflecting the joy of Christ that you're talking about. But if we can bring that joy, uh, that, that mindset of, of being thankful, not for what's going on, but in the middle of what's going on, we can, we can kind of shine the light to uh, the people around us. I tell the students, our students all the time, that the way that we live and the way that we carry ourselves speaks so much louder than, uh, than the words that we choose to say. And so if we can bring that attitude of joy and live it out on a daily basis and let everyone around us see that, then we're really going to point them to Jesus um, in some really cool and significant ways. Listen, let me read you this. So here's what he writes. He says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Then in verse 7 and 8, he says, it is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart, whether I'm in chains and defending and confirming the gospel. All of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in depth of insight. What I love about this is here's this dude encouraging these people right in the midst of the greatest crisis in his life. And he's saying, hey, listen, it's all about Jesus. Right now you're asking how, you're asking when, you might even be asking why, because certainly there are things that are different today than they were two months ago. Your job may look different today. Your, your, your family may look different today. Your health could even look different today. The, the scenarios in your life are so different today than they were then. And I think sometimes, Tim, we get caught up into how and when and why. But he's saying, hey, guys, don't be asking all of those questions because there is something greater. And that is who? That's Jesus Christ. And we all have available to us the grace that's going to complete the work that he's already started. 
Whoo, good Lord, have mercy. That'll preach. Good heavens. Anybody else want to add to that conversation? Well, I mean, just for me, um, things have changed so much, like you said. Um, at home, you know, jobs have been furloughed and whatnot, but um, Jesus is the constant. He is the never changing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he. we're scared about everything that's going on around us, but we have faith that Jesus is going to see us through this, oh, man. take care of us, and bring us through with joy on the other side. Oh, wow. And so here is Paul. He's telling the church, the early church, hey, focus on the goodness of God. And, and you know, it, was, it would have been so easy for them to focus on, hey, man, this church might not continue. The work of Christ might not continue because here's Paul. He's about to be put to death. And there was, there were, there was great unease during that day. Certainly the same way today, but yet he's, he continues to point them to the finishing work of Christ. And, and, and so they were talking about the bad news, and we do the same thing today in a different way. We're, we're watching you know, CNN, we're watching MSNBC, we're watching Fox News, and all of it seems to talk about what's happening, what's bad, what's bad, what's bad. But sometimes we got to stop and just focus on the good news of who Jesus Christ is. With that, let me, let me take you to another narrative. And at home, I want you to turn with me. I'm going to read this. It's in Acts chapter 2. And then I'm going to show you another clip. And we're really going to discuss this and kind of share with you some really cool things that are happening that maybe some of you knew about and maybe some of you didn't as soon as I can find it in my Bible here. Acts chapter 2. Here's, here's what the apostle, um, what Luke writes for us if you will, the physician, he writes this in Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 42. He's giving to us this description of the early church. So he says, they, being the early church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All of the believers were together. Say together. Everybody right here, together. Together. Say it at home, together. Together. Look at your neighbor right now. If you don't have a neighbor, just shout it out in your house or in your car. Together! It was all together. They were all together, it says, and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. So obviously there was great um, uh, financial pressure that was on them. Um, Then it says they broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. But verse 47, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. There was this togetherness with the early church, even with Christ having ascended, even with now the persecution that is happening, they're meeting in homes, there is something that is absolutely beautiful and the growth of the church is beginning to take place right in the middle of all of the chaos. Let me show you this clip. I think this will bless you. Take a look at this. In fact, these few verses, these, I don't know, five or six verses or so, establish the growth of the early church. This is the way the church is supposed to function. Years later, Paul is writing to the church at Philippi, basically, essentially giving us the same process, if you will. In fact, there would be no church at Philippi if it were not for Acts chapter 2, verses 42 and following. There would be no Paul if it were not for how the church was functioning in these verses. You see, when these verses open up, the church has just been birthed. Peter has just preached on the day of Pentecost and 3,000 people were saved. There was this ideological shift that day where they're moving from what was to what will be, where they're moving from 2017 to 2018. You see, up until that moment, they've been living according to the law, 613 pharisaical laws that they had to live by every single day in hopes that they would make it into heaven. But now Christ has come to break the back of the law, to set us free through the work of the cross. So now there is this movement of people, this movement of people with a common goal. It's called the church. You see, if you're not moving, then you have to question your faith because your faith should be a part of a movement. 
It's called ecclesia in the Greek. You see, there are two words that can be used to describe church. There's the German word, kirche, which I probably did not pronounce that correctly, but it's okay. That word makes reference to the actual brick-and-mortar building. That is the word that we tend to use in the English language to describe church. But in the New Testament, in this passage of Scripture, the word that is being used is the Greek term ecclesia. It is a gathering of people around a common goal. That's what it means. A gathering of people around a common goal. It's a mission that everyone has together. You see, I heard one theologian say that God did not give a church or he did not give a mission for the church. But rather he created the church for his mission. We have a mission. So here we see this, um, this passage of scripture that is highlighting the togetherness of the early church, the ecclesia, not the brick and mortar building, but the movement of people who have a common bond, a common goal, a common desire. And, you know, I, I see this, this extreme togetherness in the early church and just, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, somebody asked me, they said, how do you interpret this? You know, how do, how do you interpret this crisis in relation to God's word? Like, you know, I don't know if they were looking for something more profound than what I gave to them, but basically, Ian, I said, you know, um, I, what I do see when people want to talk about, is this the enemy? Is this God? Is this what? I, you know, I, I, I don't know what the answer is to that. What I do know is if you look at God's word and you see this um we'll look at the people of israel the people of israel in order for a million plus people to cross over the red sea and then later the jordan river to make it into the promised land there had to be this collective effort for millions of people with hundreds of thousands of kids to all come together, to cross over in a timely manner, to gather up 12 stones while they're crossing, to erect this, this statue, if you will, so that they could go back to this place over and over and over. They were in the middle of a crisis, but collectively together, they were able to accomplish something beautiful. And so I told this person, in my lifetime, I've never seen something that required the people in the world and the people more specifically in our country to work together because what you do impacts me and what I do impacts you and so there is this togetherness and whether this is the enemy or whatever it may be I don't want to become too philosophical in this but whatever it is what I do know is what God's word says that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose that only means to me that whether you're going through something that is a crisis like this or some other crisis, whether it starts out in God's hands, it always finishes in his hands. It doesn't matter what the enemy's trying to do because it has to pass through the hands of God. And we know and we can see that God is good. God is great. He's an awesome God who loves us. And so during this season, I was reading this this week, this passage of Scripture, and I got to thinking, man, you know, there's a lot of stuff that is happening that proves the togetherness of this body during this season. And so I thought, wow, this would be a great opportunity to have some of the staff even share some of the things that we're, we're doing. And so, and some of the things that maybe you didn't know and that you can find out today. And, and so, Ian, I just want to throw to you, man, just talk to us about some of the things that you're seeing happen, some of the things that you've been involved with, and maybe share with us a story or something that you're doing to keep kids and students connected um, at your level. Tell, tell us, just talk to us, man. Yeah, yeah, so we, we're doing uh, Epic Students online every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock p.m. at epicstudents.online. We're doing it on YouTube Live. We just recently started doing it live on our, our Facebook page as well. And the first few weeks of that were, were really difficult to kind of figure out. They were um, a big challenge. You know, we've been doing iCampus on Sunday mornings for 
uh, over nine years now, but we've been doing Epic Students online for never. And um, so it was, it was some, some challenges to figure out. We've had some, some difficulties along the way, but we've kind of gotten our groove there and we try to bring a message every week that's encouraging to our students, but also uh, most weeks we try to involve them in uh, the, the service that we put together in one way or another. In addition to that, we're, we're trying to stay active on Instagram, we, we're posting, liking comments, uh, putting stuff on our stories. Um, we've got a couple group chats. Um, we're, we're, we've set up some, some video chats uh, for middle schoolers on Tuesdays at 4 p.m. and for our high schoolers on Thursdays at 4 p.m. And that's, that's not like a, a mandatory thing, but if students want to jump on and just kind of hang out and catch up, they can. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to stay in touch with them through text message as well, one-on-one, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and so it's been really cool. It's been, it's been difficult, like I said, but it's been really encouraging. Like there was one time uh, we, we did a message and a student texted at me and she's like, hey, this is exactly the passage that I was reading in, uh, in my Bible study, my personal devotion this morning. And then another week, a student texted me and said, thank you so much for that message. That's exactly what I needed to hear with all of this going on. And so we've just tried again to just kind of keep things as close to the same as we can, even though we're doing things not canceled, but different. And it's, it's very different in a lot of ways. But for us, the most important thing is for our students to know that, that we care about them, that we love them, and that we're there for them when they need us. And so uh, we've had some really great things come out of that, and we're looking forward to uh, some even more things coming out of that in the future. Oh, man. Yeah, that is cool. Um, I heard or I saw something, a comment that someone had made um, because we, we tried to figure out a way to reach out to people, not just through our social media platform, which, which we tried to put stuff together, you know, where we keep you informed through our social media and we do Epicenter 180 and some other things that we're trying to do. But we also wanted to connect with people as much as we could um, by telephone. And so... Laura, you guys were able to put some stuff together through connections that involved um, life coaches. T- tell us about that and maybe share a story with us. Okay, so yeah, we had um, a team of life coaches who um, agreed to just make phone calls. So I've been working on the, the database for a couple of weeks now, um, and there are hundreds of families from within Epicenter who have been reached out to. Um, And a lot of conversations, a lot of voicemail messages, of course, um, that have been left. But it's been really cool to hear from the people who just out of the blue answered their phone, you know. And I just talked to somebody from Epicenter, and they prayed with me on the phone, and it was awesome. Um, And even hearing from those that have been making calls, it's been such an encouragement to them. Um, and so I just want to say thank you to, to those that have spent hours, you know, just making phone calls. And it's just cool to see how much of a blessing on both ends um, yeah. that, that has been. So um, Christiana Huffman, she has, she has made a ton of calls um, and even sent me a text message earlier today. And she said, send me more, send me more. So there oh, are wow. still calls being made. And um, it's, it's been really great to be able to connect Um, And even if, you know, a a lot of the people who are making calls, they don't know the individuals that they're calling, you know, it's a name on a list with a phone number, but they know this is, this is my family. This is an episode. This is my church. Yeah. And we're in this together. Oh, that's cool. Well, a funny story. You said that they may not know the person's name uh, or just see the name that they may not know the person. Well, um, an individual, I'm not sure exactly who called my parents. Um, of course, my mother um, has Parkinson's advanced stages, and so she, for whatever reason, answered the phone, um, and it, the person couldn't understand her. So my mother's trying to have this conversation with her, and so finally, my dad gets the phone from from my mother, and the person on the other end says, hey, I was just trying to talk to, to Mrs. Knight. I, I really couldn't make out anything, so my dad was like, yeah, she's got Parkinson's, and so the individual said, well, can I pray for you? Is there anything, which was so cool. And so the conversation somehow went to, I see your last name is Knight. And he said, yeah, it is. And uh, my dad um, somehow led to, uh, well, the question came up. Well, is, hold on a second. Is Pastor Mark your son? And he, he said, yeah, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> so, but he was blessed by the conversation. She didn't, whoever this person was, didn't know my parents, but they were blessed by it. And we were able to, you know, just to sow some seed of love together. And then we also did some stuff for shut-ins where we dropped baskets off to families who 
Um, you know, maybe we haven't been able to do it for you yet, but it's not that we don't want to. We want to do it for everyone. That's one of the reasons why we said our database is so important. We wanted you to fill out connection cards because we want to be able to connect with you. When we say we want to be able to help you do life, we really, really mean help you do life. And so we've been able to help people who couldn't get out for themselves to get supplies and things, and we've been able to help with that. And, and so many cool things that uh, have happened. And uh, Pastor Tim, share with us maybe a story that you have from the life coaches, maybe something that happened, a phone call or, a, or, or something. Man, share with us. Oh, there's, there's so many. <clears throat> Over the past few weeks, there have been so many wonderful stories that have come in as um, the hotline, as we mentioned earlier, the hotline is shown at the bottom of the screen with each and every service. That's so meaningful prayer request coming in. Be sure and call us if you have a re request because it's not just me. It's the whole church, the whole entire church family that is praying for you. I want to mention this. A lot of people may not know this, but whenever I get a prayer request, as soon as I hang up the phone, it goes to the whole entire life coach team, and then it is passed on to the whole entire epicenter prayer team. So you have a whole group of people here praying for you and lifting you up before the throne to the Lord Jesus. So, Unless there's sensitive information. We don't share all that, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we're very select with what we share and what we um, choose not to. But, you know, the life coaching ministry is so important during the season because people are, are in desperate need to talk to people and, and to have conversation about their fears and other things. And so we're grateful that we have that ministry. There's also stuff that we're doing um, through connections that we were able to give a hop at home, which I'm going to get to Jenny in a minute because I know she's got cool stuff to share about that. But we were able to do a hop at home family kit that had inside of the family kit not only did it have eggs and candy, but it also had um, communion. So that families on Easter, you could do communion with one another. Um, you know, and that just blessed my heart because I, all of the messages that came in, I was receiving text and phone calls, and I saw, you know, the social media stuff that was happening, and people were just so excited in the different pictures. Uh, do you have anything that you want to share about that? Was there any story that kind of stands out or anything that happened through that, you know, I, I just know that there was, you know, so many people blessed as a result of that. Yeah, so on Saturday, because we did hop at home on Friday, and then ended up having a, a distribution day on Saturday as well, and even told, you know, epicenter people like, hey, if you didn't get your communion, come through and get it on Saturday, and so we had a lot of epicenter people who came through on Saturday just to get their communion, and a couple people, like, I mean, even just with tears in their eyes, you know, people who have been disconnected and haven't seen other Epicenter family members. So to have that, that connection point, but to be able to give them communion, you know, and knowing that the very next day we would all be doing that together was just really cool. Didn't we also take some um, family kits to first responders? Um, yeah. 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 So we had, um, I've... <laughs> We, we ended up giving a lot to first responders, so especially like paramedics and EMTs. Um, there were a, a lot of them. <laughs> so I was actually um, talking with a friend of mine who's a paramedic, and I didn't know that all of the um, Rosie Arismendi actually took a whole ton um, to pass off to that team wow. of you know people in Fayetteville. Um, and so I was trying to figure out earlier in the day how to get some bags to my friend Desmond for his kids, and we just couldn't connect. And then later on, I got a text message from him that night, and he's like, don't worry about it. I have plenty. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so cool, uh, stuff like that that happened. Like, Ian, I think you took, and others like you, took uh, bags to everybody in your neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. We were one of several families who were able to grab um, some, some of the bags that were left over or unclaimed and take them to our neighborhood. My family and I, we, we kind of loaded up a wagon and all five of us, we carried uh, over a hundred bags to almost every house in our little subdivision. And you know, we had you know, gloves on and we did the social distancing thing, but we had made up a card that said it's from the O'Briens. And, and we have a little Facebook group for our, our community. And we had like 20 or 30 different comments. Thank you so much to the O'Brien family or to the O'Briens and their church for um, kind of spreading, spreading joy or, or good things during this 
during this season. Obviously, I don't know how many of them have tuned in and watched us on Epicenter yet. Hey, if you're watching right now, what's up? I'd love to meet you. Um, but, you know, it's just a really cool thing, a really cool opportunity to just continue to share with our community and try to make an impact right where we live, even in the difficulty and the way that things are different. Jeannie, tell us about Hop at Home. I know several thousand people came and received those family kits. Tell us about that, and then also tell us about what you're doing to connect with kids that are involved with Epicenter eKids. Okay, um, so Hop at Home, you know, I don't, I don't know the exact number, but there were countless cars um, at several points. We had lines out in the street, um, but my favorite part was the people that brought their kids with them to pick up the bags because um, we've been doing videos and things like that to connect with the kids, but um, we haven't actually got to see a lot of their faces. So I was so happy, I even had tears in my eyes at one point, just saying hello to the kids through the window and giving them virtual hugs and um, the new high five with the elbow. And they were so excited to see the Easter Bunny walking around and get their kits. Um, and I was really glad that the kids got to participate in the communion as well. Um, because a lot of parents do ask about that and they were super excited to find out that their kids got to participate in that as well. Um, and then some of the other things that we've done, um, we, like I said, we've done videos. We've done some of the um, Bible lessons via video. Um, some of the eKids leaders met together one Saturday and we did a couple of Bible lessons and we did some really goofy games um, just because we we want the kids to see us. We want them to laugh. We want them to have a good time because we don't know what's going on at their house, but we want them to know that we care about them and that we love them and we miss them so much. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool stuff. Listen, together we are able to do some incredible things. And we've even partnered with other ministries in town. We partnered with Operation Blessing. We partnered with, um, who else? Um, Fayetteville Urban Ministries. Fayetteville Urban Ministries. Um, other uh, people that we've been able to help. We've fed... Um, hundreds of kids at these mobile sites that the county has set up. We've um, partnered with people to be able to feed those uh, kids at those sites. We've also fed um, first responders. We fed the emergency department at Cape Fear Valley. Um, we've done a lot of stuff. Um, this coming week, we're taking um, croissants to all of the mobile sites for Cumberland County schools that are feeding these families, and we're going to take them just croissants that just says, hey, thank you. Why? Because, listen, the church that stands up in the crisis and continues to point people to Christ will be a church that will be remembered at the end of this crisis. And we see that that's what they did in the early church. That's what they did. And so all we want to do is just offer hope and help and, and help people on their journey. And so you see that happening in Acts chapter 2 because it says they were devoted and they had everything in common. And together they accomplished great things. And the Bible says, and their numbers grew daily. So today we've put this together really just to encourage you, but it's not over. I've got one more thing for you. I want to throw to a, a video clip a part of this message that you've been seeing. I'm going to talk to you really quick about three things, and it's going to be purpose, it's going to be the presence of God, and his people. You're going to see this really quick in this clip, and I know it's going to encourage you. It's from a message from two and a half years ago in a series that we did, Together We Can, and I know that God is going to bless you through this. Hey, listen, we love you. You're awesome. We're here for you. We're in this together, and we know, and we know that God is going to continue to bless you and smile upon you in every single way. Take a look at this video. And if you were to study, if you will, the very first couple of chapters of, of the book of Acts, you will see something. You will see the, really, the, the, the growth formula. But more specifically, you will see the purpose of the church. If you were to go home today and just study the first two chapters, you will see the purpose of the church. Everybody say purpose. Somebody say close the loop. So you'll see the purpose of the church. In fact, let me, let me read to you something beginning in verse 42. Verse 42 says this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Hold on a second. They devoted themselves. Everybody say devoted. They. Everybody say they. There's this incredible sense of togetherness. They. They. They devoted themselves. They devoted themselves. Hold on a second. 
if you think about this with me for a moment, God is giving us in the first couple of chapters, even in these few verses, the purpose of the church. God accomplishes his purpose through man. In fact, in this particular verse, you see that it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the breaking of bread, fellowship, and prayer. The word fellowship there is the Greek word koinonia. Koinonia means togetherness. You see, he's talking about, when Luke writes this, he's talking about the togetherness of the church, the koinonia of the church that we share. We share the same Christ. We share the same love for Christ. We share the same worship desire for Christ. We share in one another's responsibilities in our faith. We share in one another's struggles in our faith. We share when it comes to giving to those who are in need. We share when it comes to serving those who are in need. We share when it comes to running to the need and feeling it, see the need and healing it. We share in those things. Somebody say, together we can. So, where's the hang-up? Let me show you something. Verse 43, it says, Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. You see, this is where we all want to hang out. We all want to hang out in verse 43. We all want to hang out right here. Why? Because this is where it's like the spirit of more. This is like God manifesting himself in our lives and doing things that are so incredible. It's the signs and wonders of God. We all want verse 43. The problem is you cannot experience verse 43 if you're not willing to live verse 42. Did you see those verses are not inverted? You cannot experience, if you will, the manifestations of God that he has to offer you in verse 43 if you're not going to live the devotion that is present in verse 42. Paul is telling us that we've got to experience what God has for us, but first we've got to long for his presence. You see, I don't know if there's anyone else in here who believes like I do, but I believe the word of God this year in 2018 is going to be so prevalent in our lives. I believe that he's going to heal those who are sick. I believe blind eyes are going to be open. I believe deaf ears are going to be open. I believe relationships are going to be restored. I believe more people are going to be fed. I believe more people are going to be saved. I believe more people are going to experience breakthrough. That's what I believe. But notice something about verse 42. Look at it again. Verse 42 says, and they occasionally gave themselves to the apostles teaching to the breaking of bread occasionally, occasionally to fellowship and occasionally to prayer. No, it doesn't say that. There is this devotion that is present that brought about the incredible power of God. Now, now understand this with me for a moment. The power of God is evident in your life when you have a pursuit of his presence. Write that down. Let me help you close the, the loop. When you have a pursuit of his presence, somebody say close the loop. Close the loop. Close the loop. Hold on a second. You can't, you cannot experience the power of God without being in the presence of God. Think back to our worship this morning. When, when Moses, he'd go to the tabernacle and, and God would show up in the cloud. It was the power of God. It was the power of God that, that showed him what to do. It was the power of God that said, strike the rock and you'll find water. It was the power of God that showed up in the form uh, of manna and quail. It was the power of God. But you have to understand that they sought out the presence of God more than they ever sought out the power of God. You cannot have one without the other. Didn't David write the one thing that I ask and this is all that I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever? Wasn't there another psalmist who wrote that even though the earth gives way, I will not fear for God is with me? Didn't Peter and John in the very next chapter in Acts chapter 3, did they not walk to the tabernacle and according to custom when you were going to the temple at the time of prayer, you would go singing songs of praise and hymns and as they're walking and praising God, they see this guy who's a lame guy who's been lame since birth and the lame guy says can you give alms to the poor and Peter says no we can't give you any silver and gold because we do not have any but what we do have is, is, is healing in the name of Jesus get up and walk you see the early church had an expectation of the presence of God every time they longed for him what do you expect when you come to church
Hello? Hello? Can I get an amen? Can I get an oh me? You see, here, the book of Acts, Paul, years later, is writing about this, this, this fellowship, this prayer. You see, I don't know who this is for, but there are things in your life that you need a breakthrough in, in 2018. And your ability to break through those things is going to have everything to do with your desire to be in his presence. Let me go one step further. You see, sometimes the enemy wants to use the chains in your life to remind you of your mortality. But God wants you to rely upon the word that's inside of you so that you remember his deity. That's going to resonate with someone later on, I promise, on the way home. Again, I don't know who this is for because I think there's so many messages mixed into this message. But, but, but you cannot allow the problems in your life to keep you out of his presence. Because if you're not in his presence, you'll never experience his purpose for your life. And there are things that the enemy is trying to do to keep you out of his presence so that you'll never discover your purpose. But you have to understand, according to the book of Acts, they had problems. According to Paul, he's in prison. But he would not, nor would the church at Philippi, nor the early church, would they ever allow the problems to to take precedence over the presence of God. Let me show you what's next. Look at verse 44. It says, all of the believers were together. Everybody say together. And had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. We're not asking you to do that. But you can see this generous nature that they had. Verse 46, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together and with glad and sincere hearts. Later in this series, we're going to talk about glad and sincere hearts because it amazes me that like Paul and Silas could be in prison. Paul could be in prison with Silas early on and they could be singing praises to God. Paul can write to the church at Philippi and write the book called Joy. Why? Because he has a glad and sincere heart because he's found out that the greatest thing in life is not anything that you own, but it's who has you. It's not anything that has you. It's not any possession that you may have, but it's who's holding you in the palm of your hand. That's the most important thing in life. It's God. It's the King of Kings. It's the Lord of Lords. It's the God who created you, who breathed life into you, who set the stars in place. Paul understands he has a glad and sincere heart. How can he praise God with a grateful heart in prison? Because he knows who his God is and he who began a good work will be faithful to complete it. But there's something that happens in verse 47. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Everybody say people. Purpose, presence. People. People got to close the loop we got to close the loop hold on a second we got to close the loop <laughs> Paul is in a prison cell in Rome writing to the church at Philippi about the people he says listen I know you guys are asking how I know you're worried but listen he who began a good work in you he's not just talking about himself but he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it now we see in the book of Acts the early church they're, they're concerned about the people and, and the Bible says that they added God added to their numbers daily 3,000 people gave their hearts to Christ but every day new people were being added why because the kingdom of God is all about people but can I tell you something so often we get wrapped up right here in between purpose and presence we want the presence of God in our lives because we want to know what God's purpose is for our lives but we never close the loop it never makes it to people and so our faith becomes about us and can I tell you something if your faith is about you that means that you have experienced something and you've never closed the loop so there are people who are coming behind you who will never experience what you have experienced so they'll never find out who God is you see there are people who God has placed in your path for you to close the loop 
You see, your faith has to be more than your grandma's faith. Your faith has to be more than your grandpa's faith. Your faith has to be more than your mama's faith, your daddy's faith. Your faith has to be your faith. You see, they sacrificed so that you would have faith. But some of you are not sacrificing so that other people can find Jesus Christ. Good God Almighty. See, it's about closing the loop. Purpose, presence, people. Purpose, presence, people. Purpose, presence, people. See, that's why Paul could write to the church at Philippi that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it because God uses people to complete his purpose. That's why you see what you see in the book of, of, of Acts. You see, together we can. 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 Is somebody going to help me? Together we can. You see, whatever you went through in 2017, God's going to enable you to walk into 2018 and hold your head high because together we can. Why? Because God is faithful. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. And God's going to use you to bring about that completion. So why don't you become devoted to God? Because His faithfulness will prove true in your life. Is somebody going to get up on your feet and help me because together we can. I said together we can. Look at your neighbor and say together we can. So together we can. I want you to say that at home. Together we can. I know that it was the mantra from two years ago, but it's just as relevant and as true today as it was then, as it was 2,000 years ago in the book of Acts chapter 2. And we just want you to know, listen, we're here for you. If you haven't received some of the information and some of the things that we talked about, listen, let us know. Fill out a connection card. I think there's a way to do that. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that if you're watching this and you're like, man, they don't send me anything. They must not love me. That's not true. We absolutely love you. We just don't have your contact information. And so you can make sure that we get a hold of that by going and filling out a digital connection card right now. You can go to yourepicenter.com slash welcome home. That's all one word, welcome home, yourepicenter.com slash welcome home. You fill that out, and um, I promise you that starting this week, you'll be getting some information, and we'll send you some really cool stuff in the next couple of weeks. So, so go ahead and, and check that out right now. Hey, together we can. Together we can. I want to pray for you as we leave today. I hope you've been blessed by this. I know I've been blessed just by hearing some of the stories, and I wish that we had another hour because there's so many more things that we could share with you, but I do know this. I know that God is with you. I know that his favor is going to shine down upon you. And I know you may have questions as to how and when and why and all of those things. But don't lose your focus on who. Because he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Let me pray over you. Father, today, this group of people, Lord, who are listening, who are watching this video, Lord, may you smile upon them. May you grant to them strength. May you remind them that your name is above every situation in our lives and that you, God, desire to open up heaven on our behalf. And so, God, we're going to stand upon your word and have faith in who you are, even though times are different and they look so different than what we had hoped for. God, we know that there is a plan and that there is a purpose. And that, Lord, your presence is most important in all of that. So we focus upon you. Together, God, we focus upon you. For it's in your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Hey, God bless you. Be blessed. Let us know if you need anything. Seriously, we mean it. We love you.